Welcome to the first edition of Chronic Sports. Sports 24-7, 365 days a year. Um, in this first um, episode, we will preview the NBA playoffs. I'll give you my early predictions on what I think is going to happen. And I will give you my mock draft for the first 10 picks in this year's draft. And much more. You're listening to Chronic Sports. Right, first, we're going to start this off with uh, the Kansas City Chiefs in the first with the first pick in the draft. I see them selecting Luke Jokel with the first pick in the draft. Left tackle, Texas A&M. One of the reasons I think they're going to select uh, Luke Jokel is because John Dorsey, their new GM, has said that he will take the best player available. And it's, rather, and it's widely thought that Luke Jokel is the best player available in this draft. You have Brandon Albert, who is having issues with their team, and it looks like he will probably be traded, and you will have a hole at left tackle. So you fill it with a guy like Luke Jokel. Uh, or even Eric Fisher, but I think they the guy will ultimately be Jokel with the first pick in the draft. At number two, Jacksonville, I think they're going to take uh, Deion Jordan out of Oregon, defensive end. One of the reasons I see them taking Deion Jordan is because they've had issues at defensive end in the past. They drafted guys like Derek Harvey, signed guys like Aaron Campman, but it's not been solidified. And I think right here you have a chance to get a very good pass rushing prospect. I think they need to improve this team as much as they can. Because this team is is one of the least talented teams in the league, and they need to get an impact player like Deion Jordan, who can impact a defense very well. They could go corner here. They could go quarterback if if they feel it's necessary. Um, but I ultimately see them taking Deion Jordan at number three, the Oakland Raiders. I see them selecting Sharif Floyd out of Florida, defensive tackle. One of the reasons I have them taking Sharif Floyd is because Sharif Floyd is one of the top defensive prospects in this draft. They could also take a guy like Demoner, but the reason I see Sharif Floyd being taken is because the Raiders have acquired Michael Jenkins from the Cowboys, and they've acquired some cornerbacks, uh, Tracy Porter, who uh, played for Denver last year. I think they need to fill a hole at the in the defensive tackle. Uh, they're losing Richard Seymour, they cut Tommy Kelly, and they lost Desmond Bryant to the Cleveland Browns in free agency. I think that getting Sharif Floyd would solidify a hole at the defensive tackle position. That's why I have the Raiders selecting selecting Sharif Floyd, defensive tackle, Florida. At number three. At number four, I have the Eagles taking offensive tackle Eric Fisher out of Central Michigan. One of the reasons I think that they're going to select Eric Fisher is because last year under head coach Andy Reid, trouble keeping the offensive lineman healthy. Jason Peters got hurt. Their other starting right tackle got hurt. Um, and that, and with uh, Chip Kelly coming in as head coach, that's an area of concern. If you want to run that fast-paced offense, uh, you need your offensive lineman to be able to block and get out and block people down the field. They could also look at quarterback, considering Michael Vick is only under a one-year deal. Um, they could also look at corner. They've lost D- Dominic Rogers Cromartie and Namdi Asamoa in free agency, and uh, and uh, Namdi Asamoa in the case of being uh, released by the Eagles. But I do feel like they will select Eric Fisher, tackle Central Michigan. At number five, the Lions, I think they'll select uh, D. Milner, cornerback, Alabama. One of the reasons I feel like they need to take D. Milner is because their defensive secondary has not been good the last few years. It's a place where they need dramatic improvement. And selecting a guy like D. Milner would help them solidify one cornerback position. They signed Glover Quinn in free agency to come play safety. And I think this would help your secondary get better. And they would give them a very good chance to improve defensively and possibly make another run to the playoffs. They could consider a guy like Ziggy Anza here, considering they've lost Cliff Averill. But I think 
their defense, uh, their secondary is more important right now because they do have guys like Sue and they, they and they have guys that can rush the passer. But getting uh, a cornerback has been a need for the last few years, and I think they fill it right here with D. Milner, cornerback uh, Alabama. At number six, the Browns. I have them selecting Burkevius Mingo, LSU. I think they could also go Ziggy Anza here, Jarvis Jones, but I have them selecting Mingo because I think Mingo is the more consistent out of the three of those guys. Jarvis Jones has had some red flags medically. He got cleared, but I I, I think you go with Mingo here because I, th- I think Mingo he he look, he's up. He's got the size. Jarvis Jones is a little bit undersized, and you play in a physical division. Ziggy Anza, I think. I would like to have seen more out of him. I think he's a guy that a lot of people think can go anywhere from top two to top 12. Uh, yeah, it, it just depends on if Browns are one of the teams that really, really likes him. I have them taking Berkevious Mingo out of LSU. At number seven, the, I have the Cardinals selecting Landon Johnson, offensive tackle, Oklahoma. One of the reasons I have them uh Selecting Landon Johnson is because offensive tackle has been an issue for them, especially last year. One of the reasons Kevin Cobb, their starting quarterback last year, did get hurt was because the offensive line was really, really bad. Um, I think with Carson Palmer, you have to you have to be able to protect him. He's not a, a mobile quarterback. They could select Geno Smith here, but I think with the acquisition of Carson Palmer and then they signed Drew Stanton to a multiple-year contract, I think that's the move they go is selecting an offensive tackle to try to get as good as they can on the offensive line for Carson Palmer this year. At number eight, I have the Bills selecting Geno Smith. One of the reasons I have um, Buffalo selecting a quarterback this early is because I don't think they're going to try to reach on a wide receiver. You have the three top offensive linemen taken, or the at least the three offensive tackles taken. They could go Chance Warmack, but I think they will take Geno Smith, even if he doesn't play until the second half or last couple games of the year. I don't think Kevin Cobb is going to be a long-term guy there. And if he's still here, I I think it would be a very smart thing for Buffalo to take him. Uh, although they could go a guy, they could take a guy like Taven Austin out of West Virginia, his teammate. But I I, I, just, I don't see why you would pass up Geno Smith here because Geno Geno Smith is the best quarterback in this class. I think he can be a good NFL quarterback from everything I've seen from him. I mean, you I think. If he falls to you, you have to take him. Um, you could wait for a guy like Nassib, or you could try to get a guy like Manuel. But I think if he's there, it, it'd be hard to explain to your fan base why you didn't take the best quarterback in the draft. At number nine, the Jets. I think the Jets would like to take Geno Smith. If the Bills, in fact, do take a guy like Chance Warmack or Taven Austin, I think they could take Geno Smith. But for this if for uh for the sake of this mock draft, I do have them taking Corderell Patterson, which is another heavy need of theirs is wide receiver. They drafted Stephen Hill last year. He had his moments, but he was up and down for most of this year. Um, and really, they didn't have another good option other than uh, well, when Santonio Holmes got hurt, they lost their most reliable option, I think, in Dustin Keller. They could go running back here. I think it would be early, too early though. So I think I'd wait maybe to the second or third round. Um. So, yeah, I do have them taking Corderell Patterson, wide receiver out of Tennessee. Uh, I think it, you're reaching a little bit, but they, they absolutely need one. They can't wait to try to uh, draft a wide receiver. They have to get the best one available. It, it's uh, it, it's not going to be something they just wait on. They need help in a lot of places. They could go pass rusher here, but I just think whoever your starting quarterback is going to be, they're going to need weapons, whether it's Tebow, whether it's Sanchez, Garrard, 
you're going to need a guy for them to throw to. So, I mean, giving him a guy like Cordero Patterson, Antonio Holmes, maybe drafting a tight end a little bit later in the draft, you know, just trying to fill some spots on that team. So I do have them taking Cordero Patterson with a ninth pick. With the tenth pick in the draft, I have Tennessee Titans selecting Chance Warmack, guard out of Alabama. With Steve Hutchinson retiring, that leaves a hole at left guard. I, I do see them drafting Chance Warmack to replace him. One of the reasons I think you need to select Chance Warmack here is because Chance Warmack is widely considered him and Jokul as the two best players in this draft. Uh, and it, it's a spot where you need a guard now. They could go multiple different routes, though. They could go... May, they might go want to go wide receiver. They could go tight end. I think it's too early for that, though. Um, you could go linebacker. Maybe maybe t- try to take a safety or corner. But um, I do see them taking Chance Warmack out of Alabama. NBA playoffs. All right. In the 1-8 matchup, Miami and Milwaukee. I see Miami moving on. Um, I just don't think Milwaukee has enough to keep up with Miami, who is the defending champions and maybe the best team in basketball. Um, in the 4-5 matchup, Brooklyn and Chicago, I think Brooklyn's going to move on. I think Brooklyn's just a better team right now. Chicago, if they had a health, healthy, playing, active Derrick Rose, I think they would win this series and they probably wouldn't be a fifth seed. Um, but I, I see Brooklyn moving on. 3-6 matchup, Indiana and Atlanta. I see Indiana moving on. Indiana with Hibbert, George, Granger, David West. I see them moving on. Uh, then the 2-7 matchup, New York and Boston. I think New York's moving on. New York's been playing very well the last few weeks with Carmelo Anthony. Uh, it, I, th- I think they're going. I, I think they're going to move on. And then in the in the conference semifinals, I see Miami defeating Brooklyn. I think that has a makings to be a good series because uh, Brooke Lopez is a good – he's one of the better centers in the NBA, but I think LeBron James and Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh and those guys, they're just going to – I think I think it'll be a six or seven game series with Miami winning, and then Indiana and New York. This is going to be a really really good uh, series. I think it will go seven games. Uh, I see Indiana moving on. I think Indiana has the. I think the, they have enough size and shooting ability to get on uh, uh, to get up on New York. The only questions I have with them though is how well does your point guard play? Point guard. If your point guard plays really well for Indiana, uh, I think they will beat New York. So, because overall, I think they're as good as New York, uh, and I think they will beat it. They will beat them. And then in the conference finals, this a rematch of last year's uh, conference semis between Miami and Indiana. I see Miami winning that series and advancing to the NBA Finals. And then in the West Western Conference, I see Oklahoma City beating Houston, uh, the one-eight matchup. I just don't think Houston has enough. It's great to see James Harden playing Oklahoma City, but I just don't think Houston has enough to keep up with Oklahoma City. A 4-5 matchup, the Clippers and Memphis. Uh, the, the LA Clippers versus the Memphis Grizzlies. This is going to be a good I It's a rematch of last year. I think ultimately the Clippers will move on. Um, I like their pieces. I like Blake Griffin, uh, Chris Paul. I think they will move on in that series. And then Denver Golden State. This is going to be a fun series to watch. Um, even if you don't watch a whole lot of basketball, these two teams get up and down. Denver and Golden State. It'll be a fun series. I think Golden State is going to win, though. I think Golden State is going to be able to move on to the conference semifinals because Danilo Gallinari, one of Denver's best players, did get did get hurt towards ACL and he's out for the year. I think that is going to be the difference, especially between two teams that like to go up and down. In the 2-7 matchup, San Antonio versus the Lakers. 
uh, Lakers are usually not in this type of position. I do see the Lakers, however, winning this series. One of the reasons I have the Lakers winning the series is because um, I think Dwight Howard going up against Tim Duncan in a old, beat-up San Antonio team that won the number, number two seed in the Western Conference, I just don't—they've had troubles in the past in the playoffs, uh, such as Memphis a couple years ago. Uh, they were beaten as a number one seed. I think with Dwight Howard, uh, Pau Gasol, I think they're going to attack the inside and attack San Antonio. And I think they'll actually move on. And then we go uh, to the conference semifinals in the Western Conference. I think Oklahoma City will beat the Clippers uh, to move to the uh, to the Western Conference Finals. One of the reasons I see them beating the Clippers is because of Kevin Durant. I think Kevin Durant, they have no one that can guard him. Kevin Durant is one of the top three players in the NBA, I think. Uh, he, he's going to be the difference in a lot of series. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think it'll be a good series, but I just don't see the Clippers beating Oklahoma City. I think if they were on the other side of the bracket, uh, and, they, and if they were to face them in the conference finals, maybe they might be able to get them. But I think in the conference semifinals, Oklahoma City will beat the Los Angeles Clippers. And then Golden State and the Los Angeles Lakers. Who would have thought? I think this is going to be a really fun series. Uh, you You've got... A very young, up-and-down, three-point shooting team in Golden State versus a veteran uh, physical team with the Lakers that uh, with uh, Dwight Howard, Pau Gasol. I think this is where the Lakers are really going to miss Kobe Bryant. I think them not having Kobe Bryant and really kind of a true point guard is where this is going to hurt them. Um, Steve Nash has been injured most of this year. I think that's going to hurt them right there. Uh, even if he's healthy and playing in the playoffs, I just think that... A team like Golden State that's been together all year will beat them. And I think Golden State's going to get to the uh, conference finals in the Western Conference to go face Oklahoma City. Now, in that series, oh, man, that, that, that would actually be a very tough series to call because both teams like to move up and down. Golden State has a very, very good point guard. Uh, I think Oklahoma City would have trouble with a team like Golden State. One of the reasons is last year in the finals versus Miami, when when Russell Westbrook and the Oklahoma City team turned the ball over, they had a hard time recovering because Miami was good in transition. They got guys like LeBron James to steal the ball, and then whether if him or Wade were to get a steal, they could kick it back out. And then you got guys like Ray Allen, Shane Battier, Mike Miller this year, Mario Chalmers. They have a lot of weapons. Um... I actually see Golden State knocking off the Oklahoma City Thunder to get to the conference uh, conference finals. You know, it's been kind of the year of the uh, upset. I actually see Golden State making it to the NBA Finals where they were face Miami. I think this Golden State team actually matches up a little bit better with uh, with Miami than Oklahoma City would because Oklahoma City doesn't have a true inside scoring presence. I think David Lee could be a very big factor in this series just for the simple fact you got guys like Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. They, they have guys. They can play four guards around uh, one one big guy. Uh, and that I think that could get Miami in trouble because that's kind of the same game that Miami plays, except they're a little bit younger than Miami. I think Miami's uh, experience will help them. And I, th- I think this would go. I think this is going down to a seven-game series uh, for the NBA championship due to the fact that I trust Steph Curry more than I would have trusted Russell Westbrook last year. I think the Golden State... I, it's kind of crazy, but I think Golden State will win this series. One of the reasons is, I think, with all the weapons they have, if they can hit their shots, they can take LeBron out. Oklahoma City Thunder, they need Kevin Durant to score. With the Golden State Warriors, if they can get 
some hot shooting around Steph Curry, I think it'll open it up for him. That's something Oklahoma City didn't have last year. They didn't have a guy that could just take over. They did have James Harden, who I think could have been the X Factor, but he didn't play well. He only averaged about 10 points uh, in the finals last year. Uh, so I do see Golden State Warriors kind of being the Cinderella and winning the NBA championship. Last but not least, I want to talk about the quarterback class of this year and the NFL draft. Uh, one of the reasons I saved this for last is because it's a highly controversial topic when it comes to these quarterbacks this year. I have Geno Smith ranked as quarterback this year. And then when it comes to finding out who the, are people's opinions on the second best quarterback, you get guys like Barkley, Bray, uh, Manuel, Nassib, Wilson, Dicer, Jones. There's not really a consensus, a consensus on who the n- number two quarterback in this class is. Um, and I think this quarterback class is getting a lot of uh, a, a lot of over-the-top criti- criticism. This isn't the best uh, quarterback draft class ever, but it's not the worst. I mean, the 2008 draft class was really bad. I don't think there's going to be a Jamarcus Russell in this draft class. Or even a Brady Quinn. Um, I do think there will be a couple good quarterbacks out of this class. I look at a guy like Geno Smith. He may never be a superstar quarterback, but I do think he will be a good NFL quarterback. Um, Barkley, I think he has a chance to be a good NFL quarterback. I think he is one of the most risk-reward players in uh, this draft, not because of just his personality or um, anything like that. I think just based off of, just strictly off of talent, I, I'm not sure if he can play in the NFL, I start at, or at least at a starting caliber level. I think E.J. Manuel might be the most... Um, he might be the quarterback with the most potential because you look at his size, you look at his speed, uh, arm strength. He's got all of it, but he has consistencies every now and inconsistencies every now and then with his accuracy uh, and his ball placement. I think that's something with good coaching you can work on. I think it'll depend on the team he goes to. Uh, but I, I really, I really like a couple of these quarterbacks. You know, I think Geno can be a really good quarterback. He may never be. Uh, he may never be like a Peyton Manning, but I, I can see him as being a, a Joe Flacco type quarterback. He may never be the best at one anything, but he can win you games. EJ Manuel, I think, has a lot of upside. You know, teams are wanting to run the pistol and read options. I think he can do a little bit of that. I just think he kind of reminds me of a, a younger Donovan McNabb, just the way he's kind of built um, and his athleticism. The quarterbacks that would scare me are guys like, Ryan Nassib, Tyler Wilson, and Mike Glennon. I think Mike Glennon really scares me because he's. You look at him; he's six foot seven, two hundred twenty-five pounds. I personally think I would like him to be a little bit more bulky because I've seen him and he looks a little bit too thin for me. But I, I look at some of his uh, his game film and he makes some throws that most quarterbacks in this draft class can't make. Um, but I just don't think. His consistency is there. He's a big, tall guy, but his footwork isn't always good. I think he's going to be one of those guys that, if you can coach him up right, I think he could be one of those guys that can throw the deep ball really well, and he can do a lot of stuff. He may never be the most accurate quarterback, but he can be a guy that can win you games. But there's also the chance he becomes one of those guys who, quote-unquote, has all the tools to be a good NFL quarterback, but never blossoms because... Or blossoms because uh he he doesn't have the physical or he doesn't have the not he doesn't have the intangibles or what I mean by that is uh you know just the footwork and the mechanics and the throwing motion and stuff like that and then Tyler Wilson I think Tyler Wilson uh with Arkansas last year he 
I think he kind of took a step back, not maybe because of his own fault, but you look at it, new head coach. Um, they lost a lot of talent. He kind of got a bad break, and there, there's some stuff, and he's had some concussion issues, and that, that kind of scares me away from him. Ryan Nassib's a guy who started uh, for Syracuse. The thing that scares me about him is he, he got better every year he was at he, he started at Syracuse, but how much better can he get now? Uh, I think potential, I, I think, I, I'm just not sure about him. Uh, Tyler Bray could easily very well be the best quarterback coming out in this draft. He has the mo- I think he has the most arm talent of anyone, maybe other than EJ Manuel, that I've seen. But I think his problems are going to be work ethic, um, just him wanting to be a great NFL quarterback. I think he can be a really good NFL quarterback. He can be a starter. Who knows? He may he may never be uh, a a top level quarterback, but I think he can be a starter. I think uh, his issue is going to be just his focus and his commitment to being a real uh, to it to being a good NFL quarterback. Um, and then I go to a guy like Landry Jones. Um, Landry Jones is a guy that I I just I, I don't know. I, you you know you just kind of you kind of think. I saw him in college, and he looked like he could be a good NFL quarterback, but then other times you wonder why he throws a certain ball. Um, you, you just kind of wonder about a couple of these quarterbacks. A guy who I think might be a surprise guy is Matt Scott. The problem with him is I don't think he's going to be big enough. I don't see him. He doesn't have the, the elite speed, I, so I think he's going to have to become a passer. I think he can be a guy that can do some scrambling and stuff. Uh, he's probably about 6'1", 6'2", 2'13"-ish, 2'10". I would say that that's what the school has him listed as uh, at Arizona. I think, um, I, I don't know. I, th- I think he's a guy that could be a kind of a sleeper in this quarterback class. But a lot of it's going to be, can he get better at throwing the football? Um, yeah, but I, I think overall, this quarterback class is good. There are good. They're going to be a few good quarterbacks in this class. I don't think this is going to be 2008 um, draft class wise. I do see quarterbacks with some upside. I just don't think there's going to be that one great quarterback that is one of the top five quarterbacks in the NFL. But you never know. Who would have thought Tom Brady would have been a top five quarterback, maybe the best quarterback in the NFL, and one of the top five maybe all time. He's been a five Super Bowls, five, six Super Bowls. Uh, so I, I really uh, I think there will be good quarterbacks coming out in this class. I think it, it does, they get a lot of criticism because there's not Andrew Luck and RG3. And the quarterback classes have been pretty good the last few years. But I go back to 2011. 2011, uh, now that we look back on it, was a really good quarterbacking class. And I think that hurt them. The last two years, you look at it. The last two years, Cam Newton. In 2011, it was Cam Newton, Andy Dalton, Kaepernick. There were some really good quarterbacks came out of that draft. And then there are some we're not sold on yet, like uh, Gabbert, Ponder, Locker. So, I mean, you look at it. It's been, the, the, the hits have been really good, but the misses have been really bad. You forget uh, Gabbert was considered, up until maybe I'd say a month before the draft, the number one pick in the draft. And then, as cl- uh, the closer we got to the draft in 2011, Cam Newton became the favorite to be the number one pick. I think a lot of it had to do with upside, because Cam Newton, uh, physically, when he was coming out, he didn't have a great combine. He had a good pro day, but people thought Gabbert was going to be the guy because he was more pro ready. But Cam Newton had the bigger upside. I think in that case, they went with the bigger upside and they used that. And they used their playbook to his advantage, getting him outside of the pocket, getting him running downhill, um, and having him throw passes that he was comfortable with. 2012, you had Andrew Luck, RG3, Ryan Tannehill, Russell Wilson. I think 
we there are three quarterbacks that have already proven that I think they're going to be really good down the down the road. Andrew Luck, RG3, and Russell Wilson are going to be three really good quarterbacks if they all stay healthy. I think Tannehill, uh, he showed a lot of flashes of being capable of being a really, really good quarterback in the NFL. I'm still a little bit worried, though, because he didn't have, he was, what, 13 touchdowns, 14 picks, something like that. Um, he didn't have a lot to work with, but that, that just kind of scares me because some of the issues I saw with him were some of the ones uh, I thought he had when he came out. Sometimes he'll throw a pass that you kind of wonder with, and sometimes his accuracy will kind of go away. But I really think that those four quarterbacks are going to be really good. And then you guys like you got you guys like Brandon Whedon, who um, we're not 100% sold on yet. Uh, yeah, I, but I, I do think this draft class unnecessarily gets too much criticism. I think there have been far worse draft classes, and people think this might be a way to get. But I think uh, out of the top three quarterbacks, in my opinion, that there are Barkley, Smith, and Manuel, I think at least two of those guys are going to be one, at least good NFL starters. They'll be starters that are good and can win you games. Uh, may, maybe one of them goes down. I don't know. But uh, yeah, I, th- I think this quarterbacking class, it, it gets a lot of unfair criticism. Um, and th- these guys we haven't even seen play yet. Like, kind of like a, a review I read about Geno Smith saying he, he was lazy and everything and that he was committed to the game. I, I, that was, I think that was a really kind of an unfair scouting of Geno Smith. I think you just can't tell everything from uh, looking at a guy's game film and maybe what he does on the sideline. I think you have to personally get to know someone. Kind of like Phillip Rivers. If you saw Phillip Rivers, if you showed someone who doesn't watch football, Phillip Rivers, uh, in his in his tape of him on the sideline and some of his antics on the field, you would think, and you would you would th- and you read Geno Smith's scouting report, you would see some similarities there. I just think it's the fire to be uh, good at what you do. Uh, but I do think this quarterback class has been really unfairly criticized heavily. I think there's gonna there's the potential for this to be a kind of a quarterback class that shocks people. Because I do see with coaching and stuff, if you get a guy and coach him up, I think there can be some really good quarterbacks in this draft. They may not ever be stars, but I think there could be some starting quarterbacks in this draft. Um, even a guy, I think Sean Renfrey. I think Sean Renfrey's a guy who you draft late, and he might he might be a Tom Brady or something. No, maybe not. He made may not. When I mean Tom Brady, I mean kind of a, a kind of a kind of a guy that. Overachieved. I don't mean being Hall of Fame caliber or anything, but he might be a starting quarterback. He's a guy I've seen uh, game film up. He doesn't have elite arm strength, but his work. I but from everything I know and I've seen and talked to people uh, about him with is that he's got an incredible work ethic. Uh, and when he plays the game, he's got great anticipation and ball placement on his throws. I think arm strength is going to be a question with him, but I think he's a guy you draft late. And we could be hearing about him maybe down the road. Maybe he never becomes a starter. But I think he's a guy that could be a good backup quarterback. And he could be around the NFL. Uh, thank you for listening to this first episode of Chronic Sports. Uh, subscribe to our podcast. Uh, thank you.